Welcome back to all our listeners. And today, we have another wonderful story from a very wonderful guest that we have. We have with us Finding Hope and Healing After a Devastating Loss. And she wrote that book. And I'm talking about none other than Miss Kim Peacock. How are you today? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And that's just a little bit about you. Can you tell our audience a little bit more? I am a mom of six, very unique individual people, humans. Um, We have a blended family. I'm also a Grammy. So I have a bunch of grandkids and they are just so fun. And life is, is in a very settled spot right now, which I really appreciate. But it hasn't always been that way. 23 years ago, we lost our oldest daughter in an accident. And uh, we we witnessed the accident. We were on a family vacation. And that incident changed everything for us. We Everything now is divided between before the accident and after the accident and how we perceive our lives and and even just even having an eternal perspective of of how we live our lives now. And we we have been believers. We were Christians when we got married. And I have been married for 38 years. And we were both Christians before. But when something so traumatic happens to us uh, as losing our daughter, it really does challenge our faith, make us really look at everything that we say we believe and and ask ourselves, is this what we really believe? And the Lord really has been patient with us walking through those those challenging times and has taught us so much about who he is and not necessarily who I thought he was, but who he truly is. And he carried us through some really, really dark times. Wow, yes. Uh, before I go into more detail, asking you more questions about that one, I want to ask first, before that happened, as you mentioned, you're a Christian. So when did you decided to accept Christ as your personal savior? And it doesn't have, you don't have to know the exact date. I don't even remember the exact date. But do you remember that moment and why did you make that decision? I was really young. I was seven years old when I accepted the Lord. And my uncle was a Baptist preacher and he was up front and and they were doing a call to the invitation to you know, invite people to come forward. And I really wanted to go forward. I, I don't think I understood it in my little seven-year-old mind fully, but I knew that I wanted to have God in my life. And so he could see me, I was swinging in and out of the aisle and he could see that I, you know, he caught eyes with me and he could see that I wanted to go forward, but I was afraid. And so he just motioned for me to come forward and he prayed with me to accept Jesus. And In my seven-year-old mind, I don't think I understood the impact of what that meant, but I knew that I had Jesus with me. And then as I became older and through my teenage years, I had a season of rebellion where I walked away. And then when I was about 24, I rededicated my life and I, and I came, I started coming that process of coming back to the Lord and just learning what surrender meant to him. And it's still a process. Obviously, we don't, you know, we wrestle with our with our salvation, not that we have to work to 
be saved, but we wrestle with what that means and that work that he's doing in us. And so through since I was about 24, I have gone through seasons of wrestling and learning to surrender and what that really means. Yes, thank you. And I know what you mean. It's also good to have mentors to help you throughout the way because when you're young, you could kind of understand like, and I did the same thing too. Not that young, but I was like 18. But of course, you it's important to have somebody explain it with you and you have to go to that walk, you know, with Christ. Mm -hmm. So my question is, when it happened, the one you were talking about, if I remembered correctly, that is around Christmas in 1998, right? Around Christmas time. That is that is a heartbreaking. Can you tell us more what happened at that time that led it to what happened to your daughter? Sure. It was three days after Christmas and we were going to go on a family vacation and we had the house was a mess. You know, we had all of our Christmas decorations still up and the Christmas gifts spread around. But we really liked to get away as a family after Christmas to just kind of regroup and go play in the sunshine. So we we went camping at Pismo Beach, California. And so we loaded up all the gear and all but our daughter, Lisa, she wasn't able to go. She had a basketball tournament. So she stayed back and, you know, we load up in the car and headed up to meet some extended family members up at the beach. And we set up our camp and really had a time of just kind of laughing and being silly and enjoying the sunshine, like I said. And then we decided to take the, we had some four-wheelers and recreation vehicles, and we took those out on the sand dunes to play. Everybody was kind of taking turns riding the three-wheelers and the four-wheelers. And our daughter, Nicole, took a turn on the three-wheeler. And I was just watching everybody ride around, and I looked up in time to see someone on a three-wheeler go off a very, very high dune heading towards the bottom. And it did not click to me at first that it was our daughter, Nicole. It terrified me for that person, but I didn't realize that it was her at first. But as I saw her falling, the realization came to me that it was our daughter. And so I was pretty far away and we all started running towards her and everything began to be in slow motion for me at that point. I don't even remember a lot of it just because the tra trauma of it. But my husband got to her first. She landed on her head with the ATC on top of her. Him and my uh, father-in-law pulled her helmet off and began doing CPR. She was not responsive. We were really far from where paramedics could get to us. So after we called 911, the paramedics met, it, met us up at the beach. And so they were working on her. And we ended up, they ended up taking her to the hospital and where they pronounced her dead. And it was such, such a devastating time. And it would be for anyone. But I think that just even absorbing that realization of what was happening, my body and my mind could not absorb what was happening. And the doctor came into the waiting room where we were all gathered. And he, and he said it very bluntly, but he said, basically, she died at the beach. And I think for us to start those words just kind of hung in the air and I couldn't even absorb what they meant. The chaplain was with him and he asked if we, if he could pray the Lord's prayer with us. But I knew deep in my heart that we needed to pray from our hearts. So we gathered together as a little family and just started, started the process of giving our pain to God at that moment. 
and walking through all of the many steps. I mean, when those things happen, we never really realize how many steps, how many things have to happen in order for you to move to the next place. And, and it was very difficult. It, and we went through some really challenging times as a family. I'm so sorry to hear about that. Mm. And I also want to ask, so what do we say for me or anybody listening? What do we say to someone who could be our friends or family or someone we know? What do we say and what do we not say when we're trying to comfort somebody that passed away no matter what the circumstances? Because grieving is part of life. And that is a really good question. I think the main thing, sometimes people say things that are perceived, it's painful that some of the things that they say. And and just to understand that from my from our side, the, from the griever's side, to give people grace because people only want to help. So, so that's even just from my side. But then just even my advice would be show up, even if it does feel awkward, you don't know what to say. You don't have to say anything, but your your presence will carry those people. You can and you can just even like you said, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry you are having to walk through this. I love you. I'm praying for you. Those kind of things, just to let them know that you are there. And understand that there are no magic words that are going to take away their pain. We want so badly, and that's the that's the thing. We really want to be able to say or fix whatever is going on in their in their hearts but we can't there are no words that can fix that it's the process of healing that the that the lord will do over time but if you just show up and just let them know that they are not alone that is the best thing you can do some things to avoid are things like i know how you feel you may really know how they feel but but at that point your grief is so individual and you are just so broken that you can't even, you know, it, you you cannot compare your grief to another person. So if you can stay away from those kind of things, like I know how you feel comparing, taking their story and make, telling your own story because they're already struggling so much with grief. So those are some of the things that I would avoid if you're going to help somebody walk along with somebody who is in pain. Thank you so much. And yes, like. For example, I have some family members that passed away last year and they're all doing the thing. So I would message the spouse, tell them, I'm here for you. I'm praying for you. Like you said, all you could do is just remind them that you're there and God's yeah. there for them. And before I ask my question, I want to say what you said earlier. Congratulations for being married for that long <laughs> because I know that being married takes a lot of work. Mm. And my question is, at that point of time, how did you and your husband deal with the loss of a child? Because I know that when things happen, that could definitely shake a marriage. It could make it stronger or it could tear them apart. How did you and your husband deal with the loss of your child? We we had to learn to respect that each other grieved in different ways. One of the things that our pastor told us early on was that we needed to make sure that we really nurtured our marriage because at the time, 75% of all married couples who lost a child, it ended up in divorce. So we knew we did not want to be one of those statistics. Like you said, marriage is hard anyway. You know, any kind of relationship, it's, you know, it can get messy. So 
through that process, we had to make our relationship a priority where we would make sure we spent time together. So that was that was a really important thing. And in that, we needed to respect that each other grieved differently. He is a doer. He is a fixer. I needed to just kind of sit and think about my process, my pain, where he is more like he needed to do something. And he he learned that he couldn't fix me. He learned that he he couldn't do things to make me feel to make me better. He could just love me and walk alongside that. And within that, one of the things that was helpful for him was to process verbally. But he had seen things up close doing CPR and Nicole that he needed to process, but he knew processing that with that with me would be super painful. And so he talked to our pastor. He had some friends that he would talk to that understood that process. And that helped him to be able to work through that. So I think the main thing is that we need to learn to respect each other. Grief, grief is super individual and you walk parallel in that grief. I mean, we, we, experienced some of the same things, but in a lot of ways we experience things different. I remember things differently than he does and, and consequently he does as well. And then we also had to learn to parent our kids that and help them through their grief and learn how to do that and not only um, do that together, but do that as a family. Thank you so much. That's, that's a really good answer. And my question is, Mm-hmm. How were you able to keep that faith in God? Now, did you ever ask at that time, Lord, why is this happening? Why is it my daughter? How were you able to deal and keep that faith in him in a really bad storm of your life? Thank you for listening and stay tuned for the part two so you can hear her answer and the rest of our conversation. And I promise You don't want to miss it. And if you also feel led in your heart to give a one-time donation or be a part of our podcast ministry so we could continue to reach the world by preaching Jesus and also give back to our community, you can do that by going to Buy Me a Coffee or our Patreon account, which is where you can give your one-time donation or be a member so you can earn the benefits that goes on each one of it and all the description will be in our website thank you and now let us reflect to everything we've heard and listen to this beautiful music from our spotify thank you so much and stay blessed and always remember come to jesus daily until next time down and wiped our tears away stepped in and saved the day but once again I say amen and it's still raining but as the thunder rolls I barely hear you whisper through the rain I'm with you I raise my hands and praise the God who gives and takes away.
You hold it. 